Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Paralegal Mastery Lounge podcast. Jeff and Foster here. Today, you're going to listen to an episode on my paralegal entrepreneur success story. Mine personally, Jeff and Foster. Um, I thought this would be an appropriate episode to launch today as my private membership in the Paralegal Mastery Lounge is closing tonight. So I recorded this yesterday on LinkedIn and Facebook in our live webinar series. Um, And so when you hear that it's closing tomorrow, really it's today, Thursday, August 31st um, at the end of the day. So the enrollment period will be shut down in the evening. So make sure if you've been considering joining, this is your last chance. Um, I hope this episode and my story inspires you to look at the possibilities that are awaiting you. And especially being that I didn't come from some crazy paralegal background experience, huge network, big, huge reach into the whole world. Um, no financial, you know, some, I didn't come from crazy financial resources, all of those things. I didn't even have a business background. And to hear the story of how I've created a business with my paralegal background and passion to ultimately change mine and my fam- my and my family's life for the absolute better. So I hope this inspires you. I hope it gives you a load of confidence in me as your hopeful business coach in the private Paralegal Mastery Lounge group, which is exactly what you're getting um, when you join. So as always, please feel free to send me any questions. Please be sure to, if you have any questions about joining, you send them right away. I will get to them as soon as I receive them uh, today, the the 31st. Um, And visit paralegalmasterylounge.com to join our $19.99 a month membership. Um, If you enjoyed today's episode, please, please leave us a rating. It helps podcast grow. And until next week, have great days ahead of you. All right. So hi, everyone. I'm going to get started. My name is Jacqueline Foster. I am the founder of Dell Trust Law Firm Staffing Solutions, as well as the Paralegal Mastery Lounge. Um, And today I wanted to share my entrepreneurial story. I know a lot of people do know my story. Um, I've had my Facebook groups, my connection, a lot of connections on LinkedIn and those, those platforms for a few years now. Um, and I've told and shared my story in the past with my other courses that I've I've launched um, in in that paralegal. It used to be the paralegal entrepreneur circle, but the paralegal mastery lounge Facebook group. And um, so I know a lot of people do know my story, but I also have a lot of new connections. My Facebook group is growing to like the two thousands now. We've gained like a thousand uh, new members over the last month or two, um, and my connections are really growing. And I'm really promoting this paralegal mastery lounge more. So I thought it'd be a great opportunity as the paralegal mastery lounge enrollment period is going to close tomorrow to just share my story in hopes of inspiring other paralegals out there that are considering becoming entrepreneurs, considering opening their own business, whether that's to completely eliminate your full-time employment, create side income, build up a savings account, get ready, whatever reason um, you might have to wanting to possibly start a new business. I wanted to, or starting a business as a paralegal, I wanted to share my story so you know how possible it is. Because I think um, I will have a lot of relatable elements in my story, as well as a lot of, wow, I'm not even there. And I 
you know, and she did it. So I can definitely do it. And so this is a, a, a mixture of getting to know me if you're considering joining our lounge and also an inspiration and a, you can do it too. So let's jump into my story. And at any time, if you guys have questions, post them. I will deviate. I will answer them. And again, reminder while you're watching this, the Paralegal Mastery Lounge is closing tomorrow night. Um, it would probably be closed, I'd imagine, at least for a few months, if not till the end of the year and into next year um, for various reasons of wanting to put a lot more uh, effort into optimizing that lounge. So, okay. So my name is Jacqueline Foster. I am a mom of two, well, a mom of one and a stepmom of another. I have a five, he'll be five on September 11th. And then a four, uh, excuse me, a four, he'll four. And then I have a uh, nine-year-old stepdaughter. So we're heading into pre-K and fourth grade this Friday. And I will be an empty nester during the day for the first time in five years, which is wild. So imagine what I can get done because I used to be a paralegal. I was a paralegal by trade. I did general practice, trial work, um, you know, transactional work, all the above. I handled probate, family law, personal injury, criminal. I loved criminal. That was my passion uh, practice area. Uh, criminal defense. I handled estate planning to an extent, real estate, all the practice areas. Um, it's probably would take less time me telling you what practice areas I didn't dabble in. So I was really known as like, in my own words, I was known as the master, jack of all trades, master of none, um, though I, I was really good at, at trials. So I will say that I was pretty good at trial. Um, and so when I, I was a paralegal up in Minnesota and I met my husband and fast forward to us falling in love and deciding we wanted to be together. Uh, he has a logging business with his family in Wisconsin. He also has his daughter here. So it made a lot more sense for me to move up and move from Minnesota to Wisconsin. Now, when I was in Minnesota, I really had drive and determination to become a, a lawyer. That was my ultimate goal. And I had like a promised partner track once I finished law school and the law firm I was working at, et cetera, et cetera. But I up and left or love, <laughs> which thank God I did, um, to little tiny town in Ogama, north central uh, Wisconsin called Ogama. And that was it. I mean, 30 minutes one way or the other to get to the nearest transactional firm or litigation firm. There's not huge cases around here. Um, I could have drove about an hour, hour and a half to other law firms. And I did end up landing in a real estate transactional firm. She avoided litigation like the plague, which was really hard for me because as I said, I was such a, a passionate litigation paralegal. And I worked in that capacity for a while. And then when I was pregnant, continued to work there and had all intentions of returning to the law firm after a short unpaid maternity leave, about eight week unpaid maternity leave. And I was really struggling to find daycare. Um, not that I was struggling to find daycare necessarily, but daycare that I trusted, not be, being a brand new mom, not being from here, not having those referrals, those I know these people that work here. I was really nervous of putting my newborn baby in daycare. And when my husband and I sat down and looked at, okay, I'm making like $15 an hour, there's no benefits. Um, and it's a 30 minute mile drive one way, 30 mile drive one way. Does it really make sense at the end of daycare costs, gas, wear and tear on the vehicle? all the above for me to go back to work. And it was going to be really tight. And we knew that it was going to be really tight just solely living off of his income. 
Um, but we decided it just didn't make sense as a plus factoring in the newborn baby and just being completely terrified of that. So I ended up um, not returning from my maternity leave. I think about four weeks in, I offered her if she would give me an option to work remotely. Um, you know, I said I could maybe come into the office a couple days a week. My mother-in-law could maybe watch my my child for a couple days a week, or I could figure something out for that capacity. But she really was opposed. This is back in 2018. She was very much opposed to any type of remote work, as a lot of law firms were uh, back then. Back then, I act like it was forever ago, five years ago. Wow, how much has changed. And, you know, she did have me do some billing. You know, I supported her firm from home after my baby was born, just until she was able to find somebody to come in full time and work in the office. And then we sort of parted ways. And, you know, that attorney actually just uh, texted me happy birthday the other day. Amazing that she still has that on her calendar. Uh, really wonderful person. And so fast forwarding to that situation. We're in that situation. My husband and I were really struggling and I was also really struggling mentally, not having something stimulating for my mind. I'm a very busy minded person. Um, you know, I can't shut it off. And so I loved being a mother though. It was incredibly exhausting with a newborn that didn't sleep through the night and, and my husband working very demanding hours, not coming home sometimes for the jobs and all that. I, I just needed something more. Plus my family needed something more. We were struggling to put groceries on the table. Plus pay all of our bills. Um, you know, we had maxed out credit cards from, from trying to get us by. And so I started my own, uh, or I started looking around to see what kind of remote jobs in general I could find. I was looking at insurance, you know, like customer service type of stuff, anything and everything I could do from home on my uh, computer from 2010. And I ended up connecting with a very dear friend of mine to this day. Um, at the time, I, I, we did not know each other. Through one of the paralegal groups, I connected with Boson. Um, at the time, it was called CC My Admin, and they offer remote you know, paralegals, legal assistants, uh, bookkeepers, marketing specialists, uh, virtual assistants, all those things to, to companies all over the country. And I connected with them and they ended up giving me a remote gig. It was a very low pay, low hour remote gig. I think I was making like 12 an hour, working about five hours a week at the beginning. At least it was something that put groceries on our table. It was very, very hectic. Um, I had to, I was in the IME scheduling uh, or I was in the IME department for a large, large uh, regional firm out of Chicago. And so I had to get on the phone a lot with um, medical providers, the firm, all that, all that fun stuff while my baby was newborn and sleeping in 20 minute increments. So that was incredibly stressful for me, um, but I knew we needed the, at least some supplemental money. Uh, we were still obviously very tight. Every single month we were very, very tight. And some months, you know, I would get lower hours as a subcontractor and I, you'd only take home $200. But as I started to um, gain the trust of the company I was working for, they, they handed off more clients to me as they came available and uh, a little bit higher paying clients as well, where I was doing more paralegal work. So I was able to dabble my career into a lot of different states. Um, you know, I did some family law out in Georgia. I did some employment law, which I had never done in, until that point. Out in Georgia, I worked for a Texas Supreme Court candidate that did a lot of appellate work. Um, that was really, really exciting. And I was making in like the 18 to $20 hour range, I think. I mean, and this is five years ago, right? So um, at the time, that's what I was I was making. So, so once I got about three or four clients um, on my list, I was making 
anywhere from $200 a month to $800 a month. I think my best month was $1,200 and it was like payday, yay. But nonetheless, we were still really struggling. Um, my husband's also a business owner and the logging industry is very, very touch and go. Um, it's either thriving or it's not, or it's thriving and fuel prices are horrible as right now, or double whammy as of right now, which is fuel prices are horrible and the wood market's horrible. So there were times where my husband wasn't taking him a paycheck and having to do those sacrifices for, for that business. They've been in business for 20 some years. It's a family business. And we were getting to this point of like, overdrafting the account constantly, if panicking about losing our house. Uh, we almost lost our house at one point there for a few months. It was pretty close. And I just, this entire time, I felt in my heart, you know, I can remember telling my dad and my stepmom at my kitchen table one day, you know, the company that I work for has all these subcontractors working for them. They must have a big client list and doing really, really well. Like, maybe I have it in me to do something similar and just gain my own clients. And I was looking at, you know, potentially I could be making $40 an hour to 35, even um, getting my own clients and doing paralegal work. But there was so much imposter syndrome in me that because I was the jack of all trades, master of none, I'm like, how am I going to get attorneys to want to hire me that have never met me? And again, this is pre-pandemic, so you're already hitting that hurdle of attorneys not wanting to um, go contract. I see we have nine viewers in Facebook. Say hi if you're on here and where you're watching from. Again, I hope you're not in any harm's way in Florida. I've been seeing pictures of my dad's condo underwater. Okay, so at the time, firms just were not super on board with remote. There were some, but it was far and few between. It was a tougher market. But I really did feel like I could possibly do some sort of business. And so I started plugging away in my free time. What free time I really had with a newborn and, and subcontracting and being a wife and taking care of the house and the animals and all the things. Um, I started kind of plugging away and creating business ideas that I have so many business ideas in my head still that I was running through and what I could be doing. I tried things not legal as well. You know, maybe I want to get into something more mom blog related. Um, I tried so many in, in my mind and I put them on paper and I never brought them to fruition. Fruitation. Is that a word? Let me know if I'm saying it right. And I never brought them forth. I never actually created it. I would use like a free trial of Squarespace to kind of make a website. It would be really, really exciting. And then something would creep in my mind of saying like, who are you to build a business? Come on, you cannot do this. Like nobody, everybody's going to laugh at you. People back home are going to laugh at you. You're going to be called out as a, as a fraud. Um, and here, here's the thing about it is I, I know so many more entrepreneurs out there that have gone through the same thing. Like it is such a normal, even if you're the best paralegal in the world, if you're the best business consultant in the world, you're still going to go through those um, moments of doubt and imposter syndrome. And I really put myself through a lot of turmoil through that because I was constantly having negative self-talk in my mind. And you don't realize how much of a toll that takes on you if you're not aware of it and it's sitting in your subconscious mind and and you're laying up in bed at night dreaming and, and imagining things and daydreaming and imagining things and then saying like, well, I'm, I'm never going to be cut out for that. I'm never going to be able to be successful. And it's so funny that I thought those things because really what direction was there other than up? You know, I mean, I 
had a good relationship with my subcontracting work. I could continue to do that. There was nothing in my contract uh, barring me from uh, taking on my own clients or working with another agency. And there was only up from there. We were struggling financially. We were couldn't buy our kids Christmas presents, which I know presents aren't everything, but that makes you feel really crappy as a parent sometimes. And um, we almost lost our house. And, you know, at the time, it's like, why didn't I just jump, right? Why didn't I just jump in like 2019? And I can remember um, end of 2019, really, really, really struggling uh, mentally around all that, that summer and that fall. And then there was something that came over me in, in March of 2020. My husband's usually on what we call breakup, where the road restrictions are on and there's a big slowdown period. A lot of blue collar people would understand it as like a layoff, um, essentially for the seasons. And I was like, I might be getting more help with my with my baby at home. Maybe now's the time to just start it. And I think I had done a lot of meditating and a lot of self-help books and personal development. And I read a lot of like, um, I can't even think off the top of my head, Bren Brown, Brené Brown, B-R-E-N-E Brown. I read her. Um, I read Gabby Bernstein. I read so many different self-help books that would help me get this motivation. And in March of 2020, I started my business. I think I had put myself through enough turmoil of wondering if I had it in me to make something happen and something work that I just said, F it, I'm going to go do it. Right. So I went downstairs into my little makeshift office in our basement, um, living room, and I established my LLC on March 23rd, 2020. Um, within I didn't have my prices set. I barely, I just picked some colors for branding. I just kind of threw a website together. It was touch, you know, the, the logo was kind of made up with a, I think I used at the time Adobe. Now I'm like a Canva fiend. Um, and I just published it. I created a LinkedIn page. I created a Facebook page. Um, I announced it to the world, including my personal contacts that, Hey, I started a business and this is what it is. And at the time I was selling just me, I was selling my services, right? And it's that self-doubt was still there. I was so uncomfortable. I was so nervous of like, what if somebody said like, who is she to, she can't do those things. She's not that good. Find somebody better, you know? And I had all those in my mind and it's funny, like, I don't think anybody ever said that. Maybe they did behind my back, but that's here nor there. I don't really care at this point. (laughs) You know, that's how I've grown and business will grow, make you grow. Like, let me tell you, business will give you tough skin. It will give you a different way of looking at how you care about how other people think. Um, and it, it really does. It gives you that different tough skin, but that's three years later. Well, f- almost four years later. So I got my first client within a month or two of being on LinkedIn. And that's why I'm so passionate about my 30 day LinkedIn challenge that I have in the paralegal mastery lounge private membership, because LinkedIn is where it all began for me. And I did go through certain steps over the years to make it better, make it better. Um, but I didn't know then what I know now. So now I've just condensed it. Like this is what you need to do on LinkedIn to, to start attracting uh, your ideal clients to you. Anyway, I got my first client through LinkedIn. They called me and left a voicemail. I didn't answer it. And then they left me a voicemail and I was like shaking. I was so nervous. I was probably like sweating, wanting to throw up butterflies in my stomach. I like, I remember sitting at my desk and writing out like, hey, what are my prices going to be? What would I make if I did this? You know, like what are my prices going to be? I just quit call them and quoted them the price. And that particular client actually 
sort of, I don't want to say bullied, but pushed me into agreeing to a flat fee for a couple of projects. I did an adoption, an adult adoption, and a motion for compassionate release for this attorney. And I way underquoted myself. I think I only sold my motion for compassionate release at like 250 or 500, or maybe both like for the original motion. And then the response was like 500 together. There were so many more hours that went into it for a multitude of reasons, um, which is a story for another day. But, and then the adoption, I think I only charged like a hundred bucks or something like that to help this a brand new attorney out in California get these two things done. And, and so that was my first client. He was incredibly happy with my work. Um, he continued to, I think he sent me, I can't remember. He might've sent me more work over time. Um, and then slowly, like I started gaining more clients from LinkedIn or from word of mouth, or it would be like a referral from somebody else that saw me on LinkedIn. <clears throat> Those types of things. And I, the, in the early stages of my business, I actually didn't track where my clients came from, which is really important to do from day one, little business tip, um, because it helps you determine where you need to be spending more of your time, what's working, what's not working. Um, so at the time I did not ask like, where'd you hear about us on the discovery call schedule? Or now I do when I have a, a good tracking system to know where to put my efforts. And by, I want to say by june or, or may may or june so march april may like within three months um i had enough clients to feel like i was hitting my max on hours and i also was starting to evaluate where i wanted to take my business and so what i decided to do is bring in um other paralegals i had two and like to this day it's like i look back on them and they give me warm fuzzy feelings because they were absolutely amazing um i had two i had an estate planning paralegal that i brought in and then a personal injury paralegal that i brought in to help me draft some of the documents and i remained client facing um and it got really really messy really fast because we grew quicker and quicker and quicker. So where my clients were used to just working with me and then I'd have background support um, on the drafting, I had to get out of the client facing in that relationship because it was just becoming way too much for me to handle. So there's a lot of tears of frustration, a lot of midnight, two in the morning nights, a lot of how do I get out of the setup and the model I currently have and create a more sustainable, scalable model um, and so there was a lot, that's why in the Paralegal Mastery Lounge, I do business establishment first. Like, let's figure out exactly where we want this business to go and how we're going to scale it there. Um, so that once you start getting clients and you start getting big, you don't feel like, okay, I, I have to undo everything I just did and get my clients onto a different, you know, track. I luckily did not lose any clients through that transition of merging them over to my estate planning paralegal or my personal injury paralegal. Um, but then we continued to grow, we continued to grow. And then I started shifting my marketing a little bit differently um, into the staffing agency portion of things. Um, we, we changed my name from Foster Services to Paralegal Group, you know, Jack and Foster Paralegal Group, it became. And which under me and my, my clients understand a little bit more. It's not just me. It's, you know, it's all the paralegals that work in my group. Um, and now we are completely branded out of my name, which is Dell Trust, because I completely took my name out of it for a multitude of reasons. Again, topics for another day, Jacqueline. Stay on path <laughs> to the story. And I remember my end of my first year, and I want to preface this with the only reason I'm going to talk numbers is so that you understand what's a pos what's possible. I come from a very small town, humble 
location in Minnesota. Now I live in a very small town, humble location in Wisconsin. I don't like to talk about what I make. I don't like to talk about um, money in general with people that aren't my family or don't need to know. And, but I like to say these things because I want you to understand what's capable. If you think if possible, if you look back to my story of saying, we were almost lost our house. We we're constantly overdrafting. We had maxed out credit cards. It was making maybe $200 a month, maybe $800 a month. I didn't really know. Um, struggling, struggling, struggling to where we're at now to connect the dots and that I did not have, I had, yes, Gina, send me the questions. Um, I did not, I had limited resources. I had limited, I was in a limiting geographical area. My Wi-Fi was horrible. Like I got like a two download speed and a 0.1 upload speed. It was that bad. So just wanting you guys, now I have Starlink and I'm like amazed at my 80, 80 Mbps speeds. And there's my colleagues out in New York that are like, we're not impressed. And I'm like, well, I live in the middle of the woods. So that's why I want to talk a little bit about the money portion of things is connecting from where I was at to where I am today. So March, 2020, no money, completely depleted of resources, no support, um, baby at home to today, sitting in my dream home that we built from the ground up. Mind you, we did have to camp it out for eight months to get here. We had to sell our other house first, but sitting in my dream home with my husband, my kids, feeling financially secure, and the in-between is where I want to talk so you can kind of see how that path led. So in um, March of 2020, I was making about 200 bucks a, a month. I would say at the end of the year, I was making about 12 grand in taxes. To end of March, oh, sorry, that was in 2018, 2018, 2019. March 2020 to December 2020, we brought in about 60,000 in revenue. That was my first what, eight months, nine months in business, um, 60,000. Didn't take a ton of that home, maybe like 25, 30, you know, 35, somewhere in there for the way I was structuring my model. 2021, we did 100, 238,000 on the top. I was able to take home, you know, about, I think, 100,000, 105, maybe 90,000, something of that. 2022, we did a half of a million dollars in revenue. So this year, we are on track to doing an entire million dollars in accumulative revenue over three, the course of four years, right? So I just want to show you, like, it doesn't have to be one of those, I start my business and it's going to take decades and decades for me to change my life financially. A business can truly change your life overnight. Um, it's not going to happen overnight, but when you look back to three and a half years ago to where we were sitting to today, where I am physically sitting and financially sitting and emotionally sitting and mentally sitting, that's not a lot of years. And I credit a lot of the success in the business, obviously, first and foremost, the amazing paralegals that work in it and my team and the people that support me and the people along the way that have helped me. Um, I didn't have a roadmap like I'm providing in the Paralegal Mastery Lounge on how to do it, how to get to this point. I had to piecemeal things together and ask colleagues and, you know, Nicole Grinnell has been my, my number one huge shout out to her. Um, to help me along my my journey of business ownership. I have no business background, none. I took like one business 
admin class in college and I don't even think I finished it because I hated it so much, which is kind of ironic. And I had no support that way. I had no financial resources. I had none of those things and, and how possible it actually is. And I'm so passionate about showing other paralegals that you don't have to just accept the situation you're finding yourself in right now. It takes little action day by day and, and truly the biggest action you will take to starting a business that's going to be wildly successful is leaping into it, is starting, is committing to a start, committing to, you know, taking that course, getting things down on paper, starting your website, putting it together, creating your, I had a book, my business book, like this is my business, creating your binder making those and, and really creating this business, not only in your mind, but on paper and in your future um, growth. Like where is it going? Setting those goals and sitting down and then committing to the journey and knowing the difference of I need to pivot or I need to stay consistent or I need to pivot or I need to tweak and knowing what business model that you want to take so that you are creating that um, future success with the path of less resistance that I went through. I'm at 1.30 and I, I'm not in any rush to get out of here. Um, I know a lot of people are probably getting, you know, if you only had a half hour set aside, but I'm gonna start answering questions. Um, so if you wanna send any of them, please do now. How do you handle conflict checks? So we have each paralegal is required to uh, manage the own conflict checking system. We don't deal with a lot of potential conflicts because we're kind of scattered all over the country in different practice areas. So, you know, I don't have like a personal injury law firm in the same county as the other personal injury law firm. If that makes sense, we're kind of scattered all over the place. Um, it's up to the paralegals and the law firms that work together to make sure there's no conflicts involved and to alert um, the, obviously the firm if a conflict comes up. Assuming our employment agreement does not preclude us from having a second job in a related field, how might someone approach transitioning employment with a firm company to self-employed? So Gina, first and foremost, I know, you know, some law firms I do know will have like contracts, you know, you might have a contract with them that states you won't do any type of freelancing, you won't work for another firm, all the above. So if there's something in there, you might want to talk to your firm. I always believe that honesty is the best policy. So if you're going, if you're a full-time employee, and you want to transition into freelancing and starting your own business, I would let the firm know sort of what you're kind of doing. I might, you know, you don't have to be crazy about it. Just in passing mention, I might pick up some side projects uh, just to let you know, you know, I have solid conflict checks. I'm trying to save extra cash for a new furnace or XYZ trip or something of that nature, which isn't necessarily a lie at the time, right? And further, um, you want to start, implementing minimum requirements from your clients as soon as possible. So that's going to be your best friend in transitioning out of employee. I had it pretty good because I didn't have a full-time job at the time, but I was subcontracting. And so I was managing both. I think I quit subcontracting in October. So from March to October, I was managing kind of both. Lisa, no, the Mastery Lounge is not ongoing personal mentoring only. We have like, it's actually, it is ongoing business coaching. So it's teaching you how to build a business in the legal sector of the space. Right now we have business establishment in there. We have a marketing course in there. We have um, creating your North Star client in there. Next, this coming month of September is going to be all branding your business. Um, so it's a mixture. You have courses, you have live Q&As, and you have... Um, 
live Q and A's. You have unlimited access to an app through Vo called Voxer to contact me. Um, you have templates. You have, you know, there's a client welcome packet in there for free. You, there's um, the LinkedIn challenge. So it's kind of a mixture of yeah. But there, I do actually throw in every single one of my lessons a little personal development side of things because I know how important that is. So Gina, I'm so sorry I swirled off of your question. Um, transitioning from employment with a firm to self-employed. Minimum. So minimum requirements. I, If you're not doing project-based work, if you're doing ongoing support with your clients, if you set, like, say I have a, I personally have a 20-hour minimum. For a client to work with Deltrust and one of our paralegals, they have to commit to a minimum of 20 hours per month. That gives my paralegals predictability and how much time they need to set aside. And so if the attorney isn't using those hours up, they are um, billed regardless. You use them or lose them kind of thing. It's like a retainer, if you will. And then anything billed, oh, billed over that, obviously still billed, but this is the minimum you're going to be. I do have some waivers with clients of mine that are long-term and I've had them for years and they need breaks and things of that nature, but that's where I'm at right now. The moment I started implementing the 20-hour minimum, I had so much more predictability and it helped me know you know, for me personally, when to start bringing people in to help me. And for, for you or for any employee out there, you can start teetering away. So say you get to, you know, you have 20 hours a week worth of minimums. You're the weekend and nighttime warrior, which can get hectic. And you might have to do that for a little while. You'll know, okay, I'm pretty consistent on this 20, 30 hours, 20 hours per week or what have you. I can pull back to part-time at my current firm if they're willing to, you know, let me go back to part-time, keep your marketing going. I always say never shut off your marketing, even if you're at full capacity. You can always set, set up like a referral system. Like I offer um, compensation for referrals, uh, client referrals to, to my paralegals or whoever refers them to me. Um, you can get in one of those situations just so that you're creating that predictability that you're going to constantly be getting at least one to two discovery calls every month in case one of your clients um, slips off and, you know, cancels their contract, you know, you're going to get another discovery call that you can land. And I'll be teaching a discovery call course too in the paralegal mastery lounge. And my conversion rates are really good. That's one thing I pride myself. I think I have about a 97, 98% conversion rate for my sales calls. Um, so, cause that way it's like, you can take that sales call and say, Hey, I, um, have a waiting list at this point, but you know, if you're not willing to wait, like I definitely have a great contact for you so that you can keep it going. Um, your next question, what impact do you see the current legal layoffs and tight labor market on entrepreneurial efforts? I think that the pandemic specifically and the market really, really blew up the freelance entrepreneurial paralegal space because attorneys are having to lay people off. They had to furlough then. And it's still, it's a, it's the economy is really, really bad. And yes, employees are definitely getting hit by that and what they're making and what the cost of freaking eggs and uh, gas and all these things are. Um, but business owners are too. We're seeing costs rise. We're having to pay people more money to keep them. And, and our clients aren't quite ready to take on that cost yet. And it's been a crazy transition. So the biggest thing that these law firm owners are needing is more flexibility, more pull and go, more, um, I need the support, but I can't commit to a full-time employee right now. I can't do these benefits. I can't do X, Y, Z. So I want to hire a freelancer at five, 10 hours a week, just to keep me above water and keep my other team above water. Um, so I think, and then I think it's going to continue to
develop and the more we refine the, the, the place paralegals have in the legal industry, the better it's going to become where you're going to see as many paralegals uh, owning businesses as you do see lawyers starting their own practices. Um, I, I truly am a, a big believer of that. But kind of, uh, how do you draft your engagement letter if you use one? I have a service agreement with my attorneys. So it's basically an independent contractor agreement plus some extra language regarding no higher clauses with my paralegals, um, things of that nature. And so it's, it's a pretty basic 1099 independent contractor agreement with, again, some added language about my involvement in it. Um, I actually used early on back in 2020, I used Rocket. I think it's called Rocket Lawyer. It's one of the, it was a long time ago. It was one of those drafting softwares that'll like bust out a document based on your state. And then I'm not saying I recommend that, by the way, this is not legal advice. This is just what I did because I had no money to go hire a lawyer to draft it. And I didn't feel totally confident in drafting one myself. Um, later on, I then had an attorney review it. He only made a couple minor tweaks. I think one about venue and then one about dispute resolution and then encouraged me to refine my service description a little bit more and, and really get clear on it. Um, otherwise it was, he said, it's a pretty good standard independent contractor agreement and X, Y, Z. Um, I also have a subcontractor agreement, which is pretty much identical, just some things taken out of it that I would have my clients sign. Um, so I operate off of those two. Let me look at Facebook, no comments on Facebook. Anybody have any questions? You're welcome, Lisa. You're welcome. And Gina, too, to talk about the minimums, like sometime, and I started this, I don't, I no longer offer this to my clients as of this summer, actually. I used to offer discounts for the more they utilized um, paralegals. So if they committed to say 20 hours per, or 40 hours per month or 60 hours per month, they would start seeing a discount on the rate. You're welcome, Gina. Yeah, I'm not in any rush, really. I just... Sometimes they get long-winded in my story. But what I really want to leave everybody with is that if you're that person sitting there right now thinking, I would love to be a business owner. I would love to take control of my life. I mean, being a business owner has been the biggest blessing. From I, I could go back, to be honest. I could not go back. I would do anything and everything in my power to start another business if something happened. I could not go back. Um, because the ability to set my own schedule to have balance in my life, um, to work outside on my computer and hear my kids playing in a pool during the summer, um, being home with my dogs, because I love my dogs, um, being able to start supper at lunch at a crock pot and, you know, those types of things. Um, plus just the reality that I am not waiting for an employer to do something great for me to be able to experience something great in my career. I am the complete holder of the trajectory I am on, of the future path that I am on. I am the complete controller of it. I don't have to wait for uh, my boss to be motivated to reach new heights or want to grow to something bigger. Um, you know, and, and here's the other thing too, define success for yourself. Um, not everybody is motivated by money. I personally am not, money doesn't necessarily motivate me. Um, the ability to have security motivates me, which ultimately goes to money. And the ability to help my family, um, create a future for my children motivates me. 
but really for me, success is enjoying what I do every day at the end of the day and being the happiest version of myself. But obviously we have to make money. I mean, unless we don't, which would be great someday to not have to do that. But right. When and where is the other webinar? Gina, I'm sorry. I'm not sure which webinar you're referring to. Um, I have a ton of webinars in the LinkedIn, you know, on Dell Trust. I, and I'm sorry, guys, I have to go live through Dell Trust because on my LinkedIn, because there's some rule on how many likes you can have to go live. So that's why I'm going live in a in my business, my other businesses page. Um, my webinars are all recorded, you know, because they were live so you can watch the replays. Otherwise, I have a podcast, Paralegal Mastery Lounge. I put a lot of the recordings. This one will be on there tomorrow, actually. Um, a lot of recordings from previous ones. And then if you're, I'm not sure what web webinar you're referring to, but there's three months worth of lessons in the Paralegal Mastery Lounge private membership. So if you visit the paralegalmasterylounge.com, it's $19.99 a month. You get tons and tons and tons of resources, tons of guidance, tons of on point. This is, these are these steps that you need to start taking to build a successful freelance paralegal business. Um, and it's closing tomorrow. I do need to close the doors because I want to slow down on marketing it and focus more on putting more content into it. So every single month you're going to get a refresh of content. But if you're joining now, you have like three months worth of content to go look at. Again, the LinkedIn um, challenges in there. If you don't want to join the Paralegal Mastery Lounge, the LinkedIn challenge is available for individual purchase, but you might as well just join the lounge because it's the same price. And you can cancel the lounge at any time. So if you're like, this isn't for me, I don't want to do it. You can cancel your subscription. Um, so you might as well just take advantage of that. The client welcome packets in there, um, you know, new client welcome packet template that you use in Canva. And you can use the free version of Canva to work with it. And that's also available just for purchase too. So I have just check out Paralegal Mastery Lounge, check out our products. Um, then you can see everything we offer. I do also offer one-on-one -on -one private coaching with me via Zoom, you know, video, like we're coaching. Uh, so that's discounted in there. Don't necessarily need to do the one-on-one -on -one coaching, um, but if you really want that like dedicated hour together, it is discounted. Otherwise you can boxer me. I respond to all my boxers on Mondays and Thursdays. I do live Q and A's once a month as well in the Facebook group, hour long Q and A's. Um, so yeah, that's the, that's the mastery lounge and it is closing tomorrow. So join, um, again, cancel anytime. You're not committing to anything long-term, but you can, if you want to, if you are ready to jump in, you can't pay the yearly membership fee. And then I think you get like two months free. I think it's two months. I can't remember totally off the top of my head, um, but you get either or so. Okay. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining as always. If any questions come up, especially those who are watching the replay, comment them. Uh, message me directly, totally, totally open to having questions coming into my inbox from, from these, from you guys. Um, I really, really love what I'm doing in the Paralegal Mastery Lounge. I'm passionate to, to help guide other paralegals to reaching six figures. Um, we also do, if you're not interested in, in entrepreneurship, as you know, I'm very, very much immersed in the legal staffing space. We do recruiting. So if there's, um, you know, you're wanting to reach that six figures, you're wanting to develop your career. We do also touch on entrepreneurship and developing your career from that point of view, from the employee, employee part of you, point of view. We've placed a couple six figure paralegal positions this year. So I really, you know, some remote, some on site. Um, so I really want to make sure 
I'm talking to those people too, because you don't, the only, it, the, business ownership is not the only path to six figures for sure. That's just the path I took. Um, and I would never trade it for the world. I'm so happy I did it. So, all right, everybody, be sure to join the lounge and you have, oh no, why do I see that there's 11 comments on here? I'm going to check Facebook real fast. I see that there's 11 comments, but I can't see them. And um, there they are. Okay, just making sure I didn't miss any questions. Joanna, Tara, hey Tara, hey Freda, Frida, sorry, hi Megan. Okay, hi everyone. Okay, good, I didn't miss any questions, but I just realized I wasn't seeing the comments on Facebook. I'm like, wow, Facebook, we have a lot of viewers, but pretty ghostly. All right, everybody, you guys have a great rest of your day and I'll see you the next webinar in two weeks. Have a good one.